0: I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast.
1: We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community.
0: We hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lost and Refound Podcast. I'm your host, Yan, and we have Yvonne. Hi, Yvonne. Hi, Yan. How are you? I'm doing okay after our work. I feel like every
1: time when we're recording, we're always like jumping back and forth, right? Right to work calls to work calls. It's a
0: Zoom life, people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I literally just got off. I was like, I got to go. I have another arrangement. Bye. <laughs> and today we have Elon Hunt as our guest to discuss sickle cell anemia awareness, To be honest, I know very little about this condition. I only really know this because Ilan and I went to high school together. And even back then, she was an activist talking to everyone about this. So I'm so excited to connect to reconnect with my old high school friend. And hopefully, she can shed some more light on this and how we can help. So please help me welcome Ilan to the show. Hi, Ilan.
2: Hello. (laughs) It's so good to see you. I know. It's been so long. I'm gonna tell you a little secret about why I was so vocal in high school. It was because I was worried that if I were to pass out, I need <laughs> you to know what to do. <laughs> I was like, y'all please don't just send me anywhere to go kill me. So that's why I was like, hey, y'all, I got sickle cell. <laughs> so that that was part of my why.
0: <laughs> I remember, I remember like standing in the lunch line and then like you'll you'll say like you're in pain or something, and I'm like, what is going on?
2: Yeah. So that's the key part of sickle cell
0: disease. There's a lot of pain
2: because I'll I'll give you the basics of what it is. So sickle cell is an inherited blood disorder. It affects the hemoglobin in the blood. So the hemoglobin is what carries oxygen throughout the blood. So when you have sickled cells, I use the fruit analogy, instead of the, um, red blood cells being whole, let's say like oranges, instead they're shaped like bananas so the bananas get hooked on each other and they clog up. Mm. And basically you get like a traffic jam in your blood vessels and that's what causes the pain. So wherever there's a clog is where you're going to have a problem. So like the key complications, it could be a stroke. So if you get a clog in your brain, if you get blockage in your lungs, you have acute chest syndrome, anywhere that you have a traffic jam in your blood vessels, you'll have pain there. You'll have swelling little babies. As young as five months have symptoms and so their hands and feet may swell up and they call it hand and foot syndrome they're very creative with the name but that's the tall tale sign of sickle cell disease unfortunately and then another key part of it is that your red blood cells they live 120 days when you have sickle cell and your hemoglobin is affected they live for 15 to 20 days so there's already a shortage they're already deformed they're already hard and sticky and then they barely around, you know, long enough. So a lot of patients that have sickle cell disease, they have to get routine blood transfusions, which is why we're heavy, like, please donate blood if you can, please, please, please. Like, we need more Black and brown people to donate because that's who's predominantly affected by sickle cell, but that's not all that's affected by sickle cell. And I think that's the information we really need to put out now. Anybody can get it. (laughs) It's like beefing on the street. Anybody can get it. It's blood, you know? So I was looking at the uh, prevalence uh, in different countries. So like I said, mostly affects black folk, but even in the sickle cell group I'm in on Facebook, there's a white girl in there, Italian heritage. She gets a lot of crap when she goes to the ER because they're like, you just trying to get high off these meds. She's like, no, I really got sickle cell. And they're like, no. That's
0: horrible. Who says that? Do
2: they not know as a hospital that this is a... They don't know. And a lot of the time, like, even for me, they can look at the medical record and see legit diagnosis. They still treat you like you're seeking drugs. It's crazy. It is so crazy. Because we'll sit there in the ER, 30 minutes, an hour, in excruciating pain. And they're like, yeah, they're just trying to get high. <laughs> it's
0: like, you <laughs> is, is it? Are you usually born with this? Or is this something you can get later on?
2: Nope. It, you have to be born with it. So okay. my mom, she had sickle cell trait. She had C trait, S, uh, AC. And then my dad had a S trait. So back then they weren't even, you know, looking at the possibilities when nobody drawing out Punnett squares to figure out the possibilities of me having sickle cell. Further, my mom, she didn't realize I had sickle cell disease. She thought I had the trait also because SC is considered a less severe version. So I didn't get sick as much as a lot of my peers, but when I got sick, it was bad.
0: Yeah. Can you describe how has your personal experience been?
2: Okay. So I was trying to think like my earliest experience, um, the earliest that I can remember where I really messed up. I really loved school in elementary and I think I was in third grade and I was out sick for a while, but I came back to school early because I was like, I miss my friends. I want to go learn some more, went back to school, ended up passing out. It was like running back after recess running up all the stairs i'm racing the boys and got up on the schoolyard lining up to go back in the classroom and i fainted <laughs> oh my gosh um and then i didn't really remember anything i blacked out completely i remember being in the hospital my roommate was a girl named Katie she had cancer and i found out i had pneumonia but i'm like well it didn't seem like a big deal that i needed to be hospitalized cuz that was my first exposure like you're in here with cancer patients. This is how serious this is. So that's when I first found out this is nothing to play with. Then I realized the mile run and all those little PE exercises we were supposed to do. When I found out I could get a doctor's note to get out of that, of- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I ain't running nowhere. <laughs>
0: oh, why you don't have to, you know never in PE?
2: <laughs> <laughs> My sales, honey, no. <laughs> I used it where it was appropriate, but it, it really would have been disastrous if I tried running the mile. Yeah. <laughs> Walking out there for 30 minutes waiting on me. So I think in 12th grade was another big episode for me where I remember we went hiking on Mount Tam and I remember at the end of the hike, like I reached up toward a tree branch or something and all of a sudden my arm started hurting and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just take, you know, whatever little Advil or something. That night, it was crazy because my mom, I kept telling her, like, my arm hurts. She was like, okay. So she puts arthritis cream on my arm. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, it's burning. (laughs) So I'm in the bathtub trying to rinse the cream off, and then it splashes up in my eye. I'm like, mama, we got to go to the ER. (laughs) My arm just would not stop hurting, and I ended up hospitalized for a week for that just because my arm just started hurting wasn't really swollen, but basically it was that traffic jam in my arm. And I, I hadn't had too many problems before that. So I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on. Maybe Maybe I do need arthritis cream. So there was that. <laughs> and I think the other big aha moment was in 2015. That was the worst ever because I had never had any blood transfusions like a lot of my peers. They would get them every four to six weeks easily. I didn't get sick like that. So in 2015, I woke up probably about two or three in the morning, I was knocked out, woke up and I just, my left leg was hurting. And I took my medicine, wrapped my leg up with a, a heating pad and a blanket, lay back down. Cause I'm like, you know, this is kind of like the norm. This is how I treat it and go to sleep because I don't want to go to the ER. You never want to go to the ER cause you get a bunch of crap. You get treated like a dope thing. So about an hour passed and it wasn't getting better. So I was like, okay, let me get up and get dressed. So I got dressed, took my shower and everything and I drove myself to the ER. That's another thing, I don't like to wait for people to come get me and all that. Mm -mm. So I put the car on cruise control and I drove from El Sobrani to Martinez. At the time I had county health coverage because I'm a county employee. And I got there and I think I was in there for at least hour and a half, two hours the doctor completely dismissed me. I wish I knew that lady's name so I could throw her under the bus. She was so rude. On top of it, it was a black woman It was a doctor. So that was like an extra layer of fuck you involved. Yeah. She completely dismissed it. And it was like, okay, she's here for drugs type of thing because she ran my labs and it didn't show any sickling. They're like, you don't have sickle cell. You're, you're not in pain. I'm like, you can't look at blood work <laughs> and figure out whether or not somebody's in pain. So- I told her, okay, uh, you go ahead and discharge me. She wrote up the paperwork and when they brought it in for me to sign it, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. So it was actually a shift change. <laughs> That's why she was trying to hurry up and get me out. So another doctor came in, they actually started a line, an IV line to get me fluids and started the pain medication. Mind you, i have been there a couple hours already before I even got fluids <laughs> to loosen up traffic jam. and. They went ahead and admitted me but it wasn't until like a day or two later that they figured out what was wrong and it was acute chest syndrome which is like the number one silent killer for patients with sickle cell disease so when they figured it out the doctor came in my room he sat down he was like i got good news and bad news i was like okay give me the good news he said the good news is we figured out what's wrong was great <laughs> Give me the bad news. He's like, I gotta put you in the ICU right now and you need a blood transfusion. I was like, What? (laughs) Like what it was just my leg. He's like, No, you got acute chest syndrome, you got pneumonia, your heart is surrounded by fluid. Like there was 20 pounds of water weight. Oh my god, Elon. In my chest area only. And the only thing that was hurting was my leg. So if I had gone home, like the doctor told me, they would have found me dead in my bed. Like it was that serious. So Then they moved me into ICU. They told me they couldn't get an ambulance to transport me from Martinez to Summit Hospital in Oakland because Martinez, they couldn't do the procedure I needed to save my life. So they're like, we can't get an ambulance till the next morning. And my boyfriend at the time, his mom, actually he was an ex-boyfriend. His mom came up there and she's like a praying woman. So she came and put like holy oils and waters and prayed over me all this stuff I didn't believe in. (laughs) I was just like "Mm, she might be a little crazy but they did all of that and then they came in there like we have an ambulance to take you tonight so they took me to summit um put me in the ICU I had to have this procedure called plasmapheresis where they had to take my plasma out cycle it through this machine and basically replenish it because my own immune system was starting to attack me And it was like overrun with all kinds of bad stuff, sickle blood cells, too many white blood cells. Like I was a wreck and I had no idea, no clue. That was my wake up call. I don't know whose blood I got, but I've been on one ever since. (laughs) I was like, whoever that person was, (laughs) I wish I could find them. (laughs) They are literally a lifesaver. So this is why I'm like, I encourage everybody, like, please donate blood if you can, because unfortunately, I cannot, because I have sickle cell, I wouldn't do any good for anybody, but my story is one of so many more. I have friends that have had brain surgeries multiple times because of strokes. They've had AVN is another condition where in your shoulder area or your hip area, that bone uh, breaks down and it, you know, a lot of people have to get hip surgery and they're like in their 20s you know? So it's a lot of other pain stuff going on. I had a a bone density exam. (laughs) They're like, yeah, we need you to take vitamin D and calcium at the same rate as a, as a 65 year old. (laughs) I was like, what? Wow. (laughs) Is that messed up? (laughs) So that's one part of the thing with sickle cells. It's an invisible disease. You can't see all the stuff that's wrong. We might present well, but it's a whole lot of stuff going on. And that reminds me of this guy. I was at Target in Pleasant Hill and I parked in the handicapped spot because I have a VIP placard because sickle cell can kick in at any time and I can't walk Mm -hmm. sometimes. So I parked in the handicap. He shouts from across the way, you don't look handicapped. I said, well, you didn't look stupid till you opened your mouth. (laughs) Ignorance. (laughs) I have no tolerance for it. (laughs) Stop it. But it's something that we all need to be mindful of. We can't see everything that's going on with people and it could be physical, it could be mental. So, you know, you have to be very, very mindful of what other people are going through. Yeah, that's some of what I've dealt
0: with. (laughs) Okay, a couple of things. Number one, you haven't changed much from high school. You're always this positive person that can laugh at anything that hasn't changed because what you just told me was horrendous. Like Yvonne Yvonne and I are not laughing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know but you're <laughs> laughing through it and that's how you are in high school too and you're always super independent and go-getter i can see that that's carry you through life and yeah. i'm glad you are that way because i can't imagine like i don't know if i can handle this <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so so i'm really glad to see that you're still that same person that just like you know so positive i did a little bit of research on this before this recording and i did see i think it said like the stats like 90 percent. patients are african American, american and then the other 10 percent are like mostly east asian southeast asians eastern europeans so like when i look at this right away in my head i'm like well this does not affect like prestigious white people right so there's not going to be a lot of funding for this condition am i right there
2: you are absolutely right what's interesting is that uh, cystic fibrosis is another genetic condition but it predominantly affects white people.
0: And I see those commercials all the time.
2: You get commercials, (laughs) medications, (laughs) everything. I know
0: what that is from TV. I have never heard sickle sound TV ever. The only, like I said, the only reason I know is from you.
2: See, and like, if I ever hear about it on a show, like I think there was an episode of Grey's Anatomy. It was, I was like, oh my God, like it's such a big deal because no one talks about it. And I'm like, if people realize how many other people can be affected by sickle cell, you might wanna pay more attention to it. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you noticed there is a huge lack of funding, huge lack of funding. I'm actually working, um, job number two (coughs) is with a nonprofit organization. It's a community-based organization out of San Francisco called Sickle Cell Anemia Awareness of San Francisco. Um, And what we're doing, we're partnered with An organization in LA, Sickle Cell Disease Foundation of California, or they're in Ontario actually, but we are working with them because the state of California had a $15 million grant to put toward trying to get more healthcare options for adult sickle cell patients. Because unfortunately, California is the worst state to live in if you're an adult with sickle cell disease. We have the highest mortality rate. And a lot of that has to do with having sorry ass healthcare providers, to put it nicely.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: who are misinformed don't want to be told <laughs> like no one listens and it's like I understand you went to med school and all but I kind of been in this body for a little while so I know a thing or two about me
0: well they go to med school there's a script that they're following right this is again like we just recorded an episode on um violence against the Asian American community and wow. one of the things Yvonne was talking about was like you know I wish there's a mat that tells you where the safe areas for? And I was like, safe for whom, right? So same thing going to doctors, like you're studying this medicine, but for whom? Is it for everyone or just for a very specific race of people that you're looking at?
2: There you go. <laughs> Nail on the head. Yes, Western medicine was not designed for us. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like I, Dr. CB was one of like the herbalists that I say was, was assassinated because a lot of what he taught was basically, um, it was a lot of common sense, really, if you think about it, because I saw a dog food commercial and they were saying like, okay, here's a golden retriever and here's whatever other dog, here's a lab. They don't eat the same food. (laughs) It's like, they have special diets. I was like, well, that would make sense for people too, right? So CB basically said the same thing. There are certain things that are better for black people to eat. And to be healthy, certain herbs and stuff. But it Mm -hmm. it really had nothing to do with Western medicine at all. And it's crazy because the so-called minorities, all of us have way more in common than the so-called majority. And it's that mentality that, you know, that one group is right about everything. And it's just, it's wrong. It's completely wrong.
0: And let's point out Western medicine, their whole philosophy is covering up the symptoms and start treating the symptoms. So to me, it's not the best way to be a doctor because again it's just putting medic pushing medications right? right you're not actually trying to solve the problems so that they no longer need this medication going forward
2: exactly and then they lose money
0: yes so,
2: yeah capitalism. capitalism yeah hey capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm not into band-aid treatments i have these conversations with my doctor pretty frequently now he's to the point i'm like dude we're colleagues now as far as you need to be concerned because he tried you know, hydroxyurea is a common medication for people with sickle cell. It was actually discovered by accident because it was a chemotherapy pill. And then they found out that it helps people with sickle cell. So a lot of us don't want to take the medication. It takes a lot for us to take it. My son was my reason for for trying it because I wanted to be as healthy as possible to raise him. But I realized I was having more aches in my body when I was taking it. I was like, I didn't have these aches before, so I stopped taking it. And I actually consulted with an herbalist that put me on a regimen. And so I'm not taking pay meds. If I take payment, it's Tylenol over the counter. Mm-hmm. It's not the Norco. It's not the, the Lotted. It's, it's not the hard hitters that have incredible street value. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'm not on dope no more, you know? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. But, you know, I feel so much better. I have so much more energy than I did when I was taking the hydroxyurea and the narcotic pain meds and mm-hmm. it's crazy because no one ever you know, none of my doctors offered like hey try these herbs instead
0: oh doctors will never offer a holistic regimen it's no. here here are pills yeah. these. <laughs> like and, they then
2: both- here, and then here are
0: additional pills for the side effects of the first pill
2: <laughs> yes exactly oh you're nauseated here's this <laughs> can we just fix the problem please but yeah there's big bucks in pharmaceuticals of course so but yeah, I don't encourage anyone to go off their meds and, you know, go rogue or anything like that. I'm not a medical professional, but right, is- always
0: discuss with your doctor and your holistic doctor. Now, but in terms of holistic living, that's also not cheap, right? You know? So how affordable is that for the average person to be able to live that lifestyle? I have a hard time living that style, and I don't have like any conditions that I have to worry about. I
2: work two full-time jobs. Like I had to reduce the cost of my monthly health coverage through my job Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that I would have a little more money to spend on the natural remedies, which is crazy. So I do more juicing, but of course I hate the grocery store by the way. But I have to go frequently because if I'm gonna be juicing, it needs to be you need a
0: very fresh,
2: yeah. Certain stores for that. And yeah, it's very expensive to be healthy. Very expensive. And it's like I look at this little kid. He's my motivation to do it. He's he's the reason why I need more energy. Like, absolutely. But um, I want him to be conditioned with that lifestyle as well from this age. Yeah. And, so I'm like, no, I don't. his dad might want to go to KFC on a regular. We're not going to KFC. I don't know what that is over there. <laughs> they don't even call it Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. I know. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make sure, you know, the snacks he has. Make sure you get your organic stuff and Mm -hmm. yeah now does he have sickle cell he does not he has trait but he has the same type of trait that my mother has a c if the s was there if he had a s he would actually have symptoms similar to me Mm, Uh, c trait they say that they don't really have symptoms with that but he does he would have to be mindful with whoever he has a child with if it's a biological child that they don't have sickle cell trait because there could be a chance of the baby having sickle cell. So just to be mindful of it, I don't think it's a curse. I don't want people to think that, you know, sickle cell is the worst thing ever. It's not because there's so many different advancements that have been made. Um, And like I said, for me, it's been depending more on the herbal remedies rather than this other BS. So, you know, it's possible to make a positive out of it because it definitely makes you more mindful what goes into your body and the care that you give to your body and just being mindful that it's a temple.
0: Yeah. So through working with a holistic doctor, what's the most surprising thing that you found?
2: This woman is, she's not even a doctor. The thing that that got me and what convinced me is because she's a mother, Mm -hmm. her husband has sickle cell and Mm -hmm. two of her children have sickle cell. So she experimented with her household first. And I'm like, well, if your son is 11, hasn't had a sickle cell pain episode in nine years. <laughs> like, let me see what she's talking about. Like, girl, I'm gonna order. I was like, just tell me what to order. I'm gonna order everything.
0: <laughs> I would trust a mom to a mom that's taking care of her family because her family has this, you know, they research your shit out of that.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So she partnered with a doctor and they have a whole line. She wrote a book about it. Her name is Tamika Mosley but she wrote a book about her experience and her research and this doctor. And so I trust that mother's outlook on it, Mm -hmm. her research. And even with her experience as a child, she had aches and pains and stuff because she had trait, but they didn't think anything of it. And it's crazy. This is how serious S trait can be. If you have a S trait, there was a kid, I want to say it was in Colorado. I'm not certain. He was white. He was training for football, I believe and high school student, he passed out during practice. They took him to the hospital's parents. They're like, oh no, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's wrong. And they finally mentioned to the medical staff who couldn't figure it out. They're like, oh, he has S trait. Does that matter? The doctor's like, does it matter? Unfortunately, their child died because they found out too late that he had S trait.
0: So the trait- But the parents knew.
2: The parents knew, but they didn't think it was important. He was a white kid. Right. Important so to
0: well, again, there's no education on what this I, is.
2: So that's why I'm like, it doesn't matter what race you are. And I believe in the state of California in 1990, they started testing every baby with the newborn screening process, regardless of race, to see if you have the trait. Mm-hmm. So the, the tools are in place. A lot of people just don't know that their kids have been tested or they don't know to ask for it. So these are the things like, no, ask because the services are available. It's a blood test. So they're going to poke your kid with a little newborn anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, they poke her. them so many times. It's like every <laughs> five minutes they're poking something. in. <laughs> yeah. Little vampires come through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's
2: like, get that extra poke. Make sure you know what you're dealing with, um, with those, uh, complete blood screens and accounts to make sure your numbers are right. And, and be mindful, you know, if you have trait, there are things that you just need to do and be more careful with because your oxygen supplies are they're different.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so but yeah, it's a trip. And I'm are
1: good. there any food, beauty products, or even just household products that you would want to see more of to help consumers? Ooh. hmm, That's a good one.
0: Yvonne's a chemist, so she, she's going to make you a product. <laughs>
1: I'm like, what can we, cre- there, it seems like crazy that there isn't more products like out there to help even like when, you know, you're feeling in pain. Is there a product that maybe we could help deal with like the everyday or like when? I've heard a lot of
2: people use like the marijuana-based products, creams and rubs and stuff like that, that help with the joint pain. Because back in the day before there was all the medication, that's what people did. They rubbed people down. And they had the creams and ointments and all that kind of stuff. So I think those are superior treatment opportunities. Um, makeup, that would be an interesting area to look into. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel better when I look better, honey. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the first things I would do getting out of the hospital. It's like, okay, let me make my my hair appointment, my nail appointment. Because I don't want to look as bad as I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's that's important. Most, most people, you don't want to look... <laughs> Like I feel like crap. But I look yeah, like you all
0: crap. look good. <laughs> right. And For it, women, it, it's a pick it's a pick me up. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So I think um anything along the lines of, of makeup and self-care and all that kind of stuff would be beneficial. One thing I can say, some of the medications, a lot of sickle cell patients will have yellow eyes because of jaundice. Mm. There's something to help with that. That would be great beyond regular eye drops. I don't know what it would be. But yeah, there's there's a bad rep around the jaundice because it, yeah, you know, people look like zombies or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, all, most Asian babies are born with jaundice. Yeah, see, yeah, you know, I was
2: playing with Miles, <laughs> and his dad was like, "Am I his dad, bruh? <laughs> he looked Mexican sometimes. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, you know, what? you and your mama, <laughs> so rude. But yeah, um, he yeah. Miles was, he's still very, very yellow himself. So that's his dad's side of the family. There were so many different tests and they wanted to put him under the lamp and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm big on skincare, like moisturizers, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes me feel better. So if awesome. you got something, let me know. I
1: do. I do have stuff that I can send you just as a friend. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: We can Yvonne's made some really, really amazing cosmetic products. So oh,
2: really. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I've I've seen your work in with the I don't know how you do all that with the makeup.
0: Oh, so Yvonne and I used to work together. That's how we met. We worked for the same beauty company.
2: <laughs> that and is, I'm, I'm like you do like I can't even get my eyeshadow on straight. I, I can dare draw <laughs> eye,
1: I can't. I can't, but you guys yeah, sometimes it work. Yeah, it depends on the day. Sometimes I also cannot draw a straight line. Yeah, it, it really it.
0: does. It really does. <laughs> I'm actually after 2020, I forgot how to do makeup. Like, I haven't done makeup for so long. COVID makeup. <laughs> <laughs>
2: COVID recovery.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. That's a good point. COVID. Yes. (laughs) You
2: don't need that. Self-esteem classes.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, how has COVID affected this whole, like, how have you dealt with COVID?
2: Well, I know a lot of us, we don't go to the hospital unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, I actually got the vaccine, you know, taboo with black people in Tuskegee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, i don't trust the government all the time but i do want to be able to travel and i heard bill gates is working on the digital passport and it connects with the immunization records i was like yeah in a minute we won't be able to travel unless we have the vaccine so through my other gig at ucsf which i just resigned from um i was able to get the vaccine so you know went through with that and it's crazy because we actually have a um a zoom call on friday to talk about COVID and the impact on people with sickle cell disease. Because there are people in the sickle cell group on Facebook that have had it. And it's crazy because we compare it to acute chest syndrome. So some people that have had it it was like, yeah, it's just like that. So it's still the issue in the lungs. Because I believe I had it. (laughs) This was a meme too. It was like Black people say that they had it. So I believe I had COVID in November of 2019. Mm. All the symptoms, with the exception of the loss of taste and smell, mm. and a chronic cough that wouldn't go away. So, I think when I got the vaccine, that's why I didn't have too much of a reaction because my body was already kind of familiar.
0: Mm. Yeah, because like, I heard people were sleeping for six hours straight after they got the vaccine.
2: Yes. And I was a little tired, but not like I took the day off because I could.
0: <laughs> I would <will> too.
2: <laughs> like, me rest a little bit but the second vaccine I did have a migraine but that was it you know so I'm I'm grateful to have gotten that that is one less thing that I have to worry about but in my position as a community health worker with the nonprofit in San Francisco like I'm going to be telling people to get the vaccine I didn't, I didn't feel like it's the right thing to tell them to go do it and I didn't do it myself
0: mm-hmm. well so, plus if you're going to be in the health industry you're high risk right you need to that, get it and you I'll, have a, you have a child at home
2: child at home outside with the police all day yep. <laughs> working with the non-profit so yeah it's a lot of community work and you know i i, I want to be able to take a vacation too like we're trying to get to jamaica in, in june or july
0: i was oh. supposed to go back to jamaica two years ago because it because we went my husband and i went for our honeymoon so our 10-year anniversary we were supposed to go back but of course we didn't because of kids damn right. kids <laughs> <laughs> so
2: i want to go back it was so y'all, much fun y'all have to go back separately
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm going this time you can't I, it. <laughs> I go by myself and never coming back
2: yeah <laughs> i'm leaving miles with his dad and then um
0: we're taking a girls trip in june oh that's gonna be so much fun yeah overdue
2: i'm so overdue because i think the last time i really took a vacation it was after the incident in 2015 when i got sick and almost died like I said, whoever's blood I got, it put me on a cruise for 10 days by myself. My mom was like, no, you just got of the hospital. What if you get sick? Oh, what about the drug cartel? I said, don't worry, mama, I packed some cute clothes. So if I get kidnapped, I'll be fashionable. Hey, El Chapo.
0: Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew this was not going to be a boring episode.
2: <laughs> yes, you have to find the bright side. But yeah, I just was like, that's the last time I had a vacation.
0: Yeah, you need one. You're way overdue yeah. for vacation.
2: There was something after that, but it didn't count because I got food poisoning. So yeah, that was the last time where I actually like recharged and mm-hmm. relaxed and I was by myself. So that was probably the reason why. <laughs> met some other people that traveled alone i was like hey this isn't too bad (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to it it's funny because um one of the girls i've known her since second grade Mm -hmm. she's like you ain't been on vacation with us since we were 26.
0: (laughs) oh it's gonna be crazy
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was like how do you remember that first of all But she's like, yeah, you haven't gone anywhere. It's just been work, work, work. So I'm not Rihanna. (laughs) I can't be working that much, honey. So I need to take a vacation as part of the self-care. I have more than earned it, Mm -hmm. but I really need that, you know, for peace of mind and collect myself so I can come back stronger. Mm -hmm. The whole point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
2: Drink myself silly. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you do. Yes. (laughs) I'll regret it after, but that's okay. I'll drink all the Pedialyte. (laughs) That's how you recover quicker. You drink Pedialyte.
1: Oh, that's a good tip. I've never done that before. My sister is an alcoholic. That's who taught me. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously.
2: Seriously. I make this up. She's the one that taught me. She said, get you some Pedialyte
1: after you recover nicely. You should know. (laughs) She's the expert. So, yeah. So you said that you juice a lot. Um, I started, um, I actually was not eating vegetables for a good 12 months. So I, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> because it was so hard, right? With the stress, I know you're like, how are you alive? It's well, true. You ate my
0: tomatoes. Sorry, I, I, I only ate
1: Yan's tomatoes, right? We only ate Yan's tomatoes, like grown from a garden. She's incredible being able to grow your own food. And is that something that you also want to start incorporating in your lifestyle as well?
2: Would love to. So my
1: plan before I moved here,
2: <clears throat> So I'm renting here. My plan was to buy property and I've been looking and I didn't want to rush into it. So I moved to El Cerrito and I was like, if I get stuck here for a little while, at least the kid will be in the right school district. (laughs) I had to think about that.
0: It's all about the kids.
2: I need space so that Mm -hmm. I can have my own garden. I would love that. I used to get out of doing yard work as a child. I would tell my mom I had allergies. Now
0: she's Me too. House. And now I love to garden. I'm actually, I'm in the process of trying to sell my house so I can buy a bigger property with bigger yard. Cause I live in a townhouse. It's like tiny little patio.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I had this one guy, um, matter of fact, he was Jamaican
0: and he's like, I'm going to
2: start a garden for you. And I'm like on the patio. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> You can't go. I, I grew 13 tomatoes in I'm my like tiny little patio that only gets done half the time
2: oh my goodness you
0: can't cramp it in Yvonne's been there my patio is cramped like to the max I guess like every little nook or cranny has a plant in there so you can't do it um and that does cut down some of your food costs like I don't usually buy a lot of greens because I do grow them in my garden and like green like greens like lettuce and like kale that's really easy to grow and really fast yeah and you can just grow you can grow it on your balcony (laughs) Ooh,
1: you get a project (laughs) That's a Yeah. And um, I also got a grow lamp so that if you so this guy has a little grow lamp and they're pretty cheap too. So in
0: case that yeah, you can grow indoors as well if mm-hmm. you want.
1: Nice. See, the only time I even
2: thought about that was in relationship to weed. So <laughs> <laughs> well, was it like, was inspired
0: by that. No, I'm sure excited. it was. <laughs> the grow lamp industry blew up when when weed was legalized.
2: Oh my goodness. I was like. There was a spot in, um, in North Richmond, the backside of Richmond. I think they're, they got like a million dollar grant or something like that. And they're back there growing. I was like, I wonder how many people in North Richmond know that <laughs> if they only knew <laughs> like, there's nice opportunities out here. Wow. The application was like $25,000 to even apply. Yeah. So I was like, that's crazy. So you price people out, but that's, um, yeah.
0: yeah my husband's in the cannabis industry or he was he's trying to get out of it now because once um once it was legalized in california like all the big industries took over and pushed out all the smaller family-owned businesses and he's like you know he got into industry because he wanted to help people and now he just sees it's like it's so problematic he's like i don't i don't feel calling anymore i don't want to be part of this so he literally yeah he's he's uh resigning he just resigned actually as ceo
2: wow yeah that's so unfortunate but
0: he passed it off to his employee so now it's a black-owned business oh nice yeah we so he's really he, he's so really happy about that
2: information so <laughs> we can put them in our database
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you the information <laughs> right
2: now that, that's awesome that's awesome i hate that. that's how it ended though like
0: yeah it's just it's really sad but it is what it is right the yeah. minute like it's legal, capitalism right all yeah. the big companies and come in yeah and how are you supposed to beat these amazon like companies right you know because the problem is they were they were lowering a price so low that they were not profitable but they wanted market share so right. but then small business we need to be profitable because we actually had to live yes <laughs> so how can you compete with that you can't right yeah. yeah so it's very unfortunate um but last question for me um so if you know, if we encounter somebody who is experiencing like a, an episode with sickle cell, what is something that we should do or what's something that we shouldn't do?
2: Um, don't treat them like it's contagious. Promise it's not. Um, I would just say be supportive. Um, just ask them if they need help. If there's an if, if it's an adult, nine times out of 10, they have a routine already that works for them. If you're in the hospital setting and you're hearing different things going on that, You know, maybe the medical staff is not listening to that person. Be an advocate in that moment. I've done that for other people. When, like, I've been in the ER at Kaiser Richmond. Throw them under the bus real quick. um, And I heard a nurse. He was so rude and nasty to this woman. He was. He said he was trying to do an assessment to see if she had a stroke, but she only spoke Spanish. He only spoke English. And he's like, "Never mind. Then I don't care." Like what? Like, he don't know who in the next, I'm on the other side of the curtain. I didn't hurt the whole conversation. So I reported him to the charge nurse because I'm like, you can't talk to her like that. Are you you crazy? (laughs) And at the time I was on the human rights and human relations commission for the city of Richmond. So I'm like, I told the charge nurse, I said, I will have this hospital written up. So that's something that's like, when you see those injustices speak up, because if the person, they can't do it, if they're sick, (laughs) they don't have the energy for the fight. So if you have a little bit of energy to spare to speak up for them, I would highly encourage you to do so. Um, yeah. And also, you know, if you know someone that needs resources, I'm going to plug the nonprofit uh, Sickle Cell mm-hmm. Anemia Awareness of San Francisco. Our website is www.scaasf.org. Um, we have different programs, and we can plug you in with resources. Um, but it's just about letting other sickle cell patients. And their families know that there are resources out there. There's more people out there dealing with what you're dealing with, and it just so happens that uh, that nonprofit has a community health worker that also has sickle cell disease. So, firsthand experience and knowledge. I know mm-hmm. how to navigate the system. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I'm all about helping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and can we just say, if you're a healthcare worker or a cop or anybody in like in this kind of service? i don't care should never leave your mouth yes that's a huge yeah. red flag you no, you should never say i don't care
2: no i don't care what happens to you i was like wow <laughs> like if i had more energy i probably would have mauled him through the curtain
0: <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't because <laughs> yeah my my experience oh, in high school you are always like uh-uh <laughs> i was like let me report him to the authorities
1: <laughs> i'm a beast with a pen now <laughs> right, but and what's more important is that you serve justice because yes. you know I think that and even if that moment like if you like told him off like it doesn't affect him as much as it would have his paycheck. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> it's like he needs to be trained. Um, he needs to be written up. Whatever you need to do, and I'm going to follow up through the Human Rights and Human Relations Commission. You cannot be in the city of Richmond and have that type of attitude with people who don't speak English. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not
1: going for it. <laughs> Oh yeah. And your heart is just so big. I see you as this mama bear. Just yes. If there's there's anything in Justin. has
0: always been a mama bear. Even when she was a little one herself. (laughs)
1: Right. I
2: adopt children, grandparents, (laughs) like you got to fight. You don't got the energy. Let me fight for you. I should have been an attorney. I might go to school
1: for that next. (laughs) We'll see. It's, I think that that's so smart because you you kind of vocalize that any one of us can be powerful. Like that's how powerful our voices are. Even if we feel small or even if our situation feels helpless, we, we know that we have more power and that we can reach out to the community and that itself is powerful. Absolutely. So, I really like, just thank you so much for speaking out and being able to say that so eloquently. And I really hope that anyone that listens to this is so encouraged by you and that they can also reach out to you too for right. that guidance. Yes. And I'll, my email directly with the nonprofit is elan, Y-L-A-N
2: at scaasf.org So if anyone has questions, comments, i'm a uh, social worker too and a mental health therapist so (laughs) you do it all yeah all the hats (laughs) it's like a fairy (laughs) godmother but yeah it's been absolutely awesome to speak with y'all
0: i know i know we'll link all your contact information in our show notes Oh, and, you know, we would love to have you back one day to yeah. talk about all the other things you you do. Forensics. <laughs> yes, I would love to talk about forensics.
1: And and all the injustices that happen there as well, because yeah. there yeah. that also needs to be raised more awareness. I mean, yes, certainly yeah. there's a lot of podcasts, I think, that are doing that right now. And the more, the better.
0: Absolutely. And just Absolutely. so our audience know we're talking about, what is your day? Tell our audience what your day job is.
2: Oh, my day job. Let's see. I'm a mental health clinical specialist with the forensics department for Contra Costa County.
0: So that's that's amazing.
2: amazing. Yeah. So I have a, a couple jobs, but that's the other one that I just started and I'm
0: very excited about. And that uh, is so very much needed in yeah. the climate we live in right now.
2: Yes. So I don't let people know. If you see me out there with the police, I'm not a snitch. <laughs> I'm to help the community. <laughs> I told the, the the boss, I was like, I got street cred.
0: <laughs> you don't have a t-shirt made, not a snitch. <laughs>
2: but uh, this is probably one in the making.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, know, we wish you the best and we cannot wait to have you on again. And I'm so happy we got to, go to reconnect again.
2: Absolutely. It's so good to see you. Nice to meet you, Yvonne.
1: You as well. A pleasure, really. <laughs> so we'll We're going to hang out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. all right have a great evening thank you, thank you so you much too. thanks again for listening to this episode we really appreciate your support for our little podcast if you enjoyed this episode it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on itunes or spotify this will help more people discover our podcast you can find lost and Refound podcast on instagram at lost dot and dot If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye.